Hi everyone, welcome back to Knights of Ren. It's Allie, and today, more High Republic finally, and it is the sad times yet again because we are back into the High Republic. The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. And with me, I'm joined again by Kat today to talk about another Claudia book. So hi, Kat. Thank you so much for coming on again. (laughs) Hey, Allie. Thanks so much for having me. I know we had talked about doing this book like whenever ago that um, (laughs) we did the last one. And then all of a sudden it was like January and you were like, hey, Kat, do you want to come on the podcast? I was like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, that's That's happening. (laughs) Completely forgot about that. That went by so fast. That was like in August. And I, yeah, like what, what happened to the time? What time happened? Yeah. Weird. Um, it felt like it was going to be so long until the next wave of High Republic <laughs> came out. And then bam, all of a sudden, here we are back again. Well, especially was- for me, I think I finished, when did I finish Tempest Runner? I think it was end of October. It was like early November. I think I finished mm-hmm. Tempest Runner. So okay. I was like yeah. right there. <laughs> so. Nice. I had like a month off and then it was like here you go here's some more books and I'm like oh yeah. okay <laughs> both of us have a mess of notes so we're gonna see what happens here where this goes. yeah <laughs> uh, um, I don't know how much we can per se do spoiler free I guess do you have any more general thoughts that because this book is very spoilery from like the very beginning so beginning, yeah no I mean I think <laughs> I think just kind of, you know, the overall thought is I think this fits along with a lot of the High Republic adult novels in the sense that like there's a lot that happens in a very short time span and there's still a lot of characters that were bouncing back and forth. And to me, from all the books that have come so far, this one this one felt like it had the most kind of interconnected pieces. Like you could see where, and I mean, they all are obviously interconnected, but like there's really clear, like she's really clearly drawing from stuff that has already happened that perhaps if you haven't read some of those books, like if you're only reading the adult novels, not reading the YA novels that you might be a little bit confused about because characters are coming back. There's references to events that have happened outside of the just three main adult novels. So Mm -hmm. this definitely felt like we were kind of getting to the point where like, it's drawing a lot from everything else that is also going on in the High Republic which I don't mind because I'm reading all of that, but I could see how if you weren't, you might be a little bit like, who were these, where did these people come from? And (laughs) might not quite, might not quite catch, catch all of that. Yeah. I still to this day though, there'll be a name and I'll be like, wait, is this a new character? Yeah. Am I supposed to know this person? (laughs) it, It kind of is still hard, but I still definitely agree like on a larger scale that, it was easier to follow. I don't yes. know if that's because it was scaled down in setting. I don't know if that's because we literally only really jumped away, I want to say twice, like to the to the chancellor and like the non- Yeah, there was not master. a lot of, yeah. So I guess that could help it. But also I felt like each paragraph, like each switch was made very clearly not only by like the page there was like a lot of page indentation to like do that Mm -hmm. but there was also like I feel like right off the bat when it switched perspective it was like here's the name of the person or something like that so it was very smooth transitions which was a very nice change 
after Tempest Runner, where half the time I'd be like, oh, wait, we're, we're back in the past now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait. I, side note, I loved Tempest Runner, um, and I loved the whole audio drama thing that they're doing, but who all of those new can- characters, they got <laughs> super confusing. Yeah. And I think I'm going to have to buy, I haven't done this with the other ones, but I think I'm going to have to buy the book that they're putting out because... Yeah, listening to that audio, if you like did not pay attention for a second, yeah, it, we were just like, who, where are we? When is this happening? I don't remember anything. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I was like, it's an audio drama. I can make dinner during it. And then I realized how stupid Ooh. that was. Yeah. Like, for my answer, I'm like, yeah, no, this is not a good decision. <laughs> I agree with like that, which made it easier to follow because as we'll get into this, this is a very, uh, I don't want to say, I guess depressing, depressing. It's a, it's a very, pe- not pessimistic. It's like in between pessimistic because there's like small moments of optimism, but it's, it's yeah. ultimately a tragic kind of story. Yeah. So I, I'll take any little snippet that made it easier to process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, again, obviously like this, the High Republic is, aside from you know a couple of characters that we know have long lifespans and keep going you know this is a very like discrete period in star wars so it's like uh, we don't know like eventually yeah all, all these characters are going to die some way <laughs> like not sorry to really bring down the mood but what happens with with within each book you know is still like okay what's you know how is this gonna hurt me today mm-hmm. and <laughs> this book definitely did not pull any punches in that mm-hmm. regard and I was I think really caught off guard by some of them which we'll get into uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I like that it still had that because unlike the other books well besides me and others who were super behind on the rising storm and so we knew going in how terrible it was um but this was the first one where like we all collectively saw the art saw like the book cover stuff that was coming out with like starlight yeah, we burning and dying and like all that stuff was very public before this book dropped so we all kind of knew we were walking into pain this time but (laughs) it was still like you said it still was like wow okay (laughs) okay so that's how you're gonna do it yeah I mean I think we all we, we we went into this book knowing that there would be like this catastrophic just like it was going to be bad and there was going to be a catastrophe another catastrophe and you know not knowing how that was going to play out and I kind of liked and I've seen some varying opinions on this I tried not to really read any reviews because I wanted to keep my own keep my own opinions kind of free of any other color at the moment and Mm. I know, I think there were some people that didn't really like how kind of insular this book is because it is very contained, like surprisingly for, I think, the other High Republic novels. This one feels much more, I mean, you know, in TV, they talk about like bottle episodes where it's all kind of filmed, you know, in like one set or something. And this is very, this felt very insular in that way because aside from a few cutaways to you know the chancellor or to martian row like it all just focuses on characters that are trapped in starlight beacon Mm -hmm. and you know where they are may vary throughout the book but it's like they're all there and they're all trying to survive and figure out how to save people and so 
But I kind of like that because there's like this tension hanging, like, are they going to succeed? How is it all going to play out? You know, we know that there's not really going to be another rescue that's going to come and <laughs> characters have to figure it out yeah. you know, all by themselves. And I don't know, I kind of, I kind of like that. Um, mm. I think some people might've been disappointed that it wasn't kind of like a larger, grander conclusion, I guess, to this kind of like first <laughs> trilogy yeah. but if anything I think that this kind of like brought it home even more and that was kind of like Martian Rowe's goal was to you know kind of like stab right at the heart of the Jedi and I think this very effectively did that you know to kind of like bring that close to home like there's still a huge cast of characters but you're like okay I know all these characters yeah. now yeah. and I'm more familiar with them and so I'm also more invested in the outcome of what happens to them. Yeah. Um, and feeling really scared for like your favorites, like are you gonna make it through? <laughs> oh gosh, <So>. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, at least one of my favorites isn't in this book, and I just set it yeah. aside. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can like at least have some kind of solace to this situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but I. I like what you said about how like it is like the heart of the Jedi, like the core of it. And that in terms of also like character specific, like just every element of that, because as much as we can enjoy the larger galaxy world building or crazy events that run around crazy, you know, like that kind of stuff, as much as that stuff can like make the scale feel larger. I, I think it's important that we do recognize the value that these kinds of stories have like to go more in depth with characters like you don't have to spend as much time um doing the world building or doing like switching mm -hmm. between action sequences as much like you have a more condensed set of areas you're focused on and that just gives you so much more time to like dig into your characters and stuff like I just can tell from the notes alone like the pictures I took from pages and the folders and folders I have of character <laughs> like stuff like that showed me how much more character stuff I like took notes on this time compared to like past books so that mm -hmm. really goes to show how that like that came out to be a strength of the like smaller scale in a way which yeah. like you said that makes that impact of what Martian's trying to achieve that much greater because ah spear. yeah <laughs> And, and, and like especially because of um well guy, we're spo spoilers now spoilers now um yes yeah <laughs> like like we got a lot of, of Stellan previously like especially in Rising Storm but like this book especially there was like just so much with Stellan that I have notes on and with the loss of Stellan and yeah um, that was yeah that made that increasingly impactful because I feel like a lot of times we do only be like or we can easily focus on El someone like Elsa or something but no this yeah. book really took the time to like be like no Stellan is a big character in this let's remember that Stellan had kind of been a little bit of a more abstract character to me like yes in the last book um you know he kind of steps up and saves the day in a big way and you know yeah. he's like now the the face of the Republic, hero of the Republic. Um, oh, we should have seen and, the morning signs. <laughs> but yeah, but I feel like we didn't really know him quite yeah. as well in the Rising Storm. Like we didn't really dig into his character very much. And like this book, I felt like we we got a lot more of it. And then at the end, it was like, no, wait, wait, yeah. no, come back. Like we were only 
like just kind of really getting to like dig into that maybe they're wrong maybe Avercris like I don't know maybe she's wrong probably not <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean I know she's not but I'm like no like maybe maybe Niall is part of the faces <laughs> I am living in Egypt right now denial is my home uh- <laughs> I mean and we can still be in denial about some of so, some of the deaths are in denial. Oh yeah, there's still, definitely so. another another death, death, quote unquote, that I think is not <laughs> actually a death. I yeah. think that character will turn up again, but. Like I even remember, I, I was like towards the end of the book. I think it was like right after, obviously like the crash. And I was like, okay, I started naming off everyone who died. And then I sat back and I'm like, this seems really stupid. There's still like two chapters left. This feels really stupid. Then I kept reading and then Leox is 11. I was like, this is why you wait. You don't start naming off who died until you get to the end. Yeah, until the very end. (laughs) I agree with what you said about Stellan though. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, I I feel like I just, I want to see more, especially now because now it's like, I just feel like there was so much that was built up, especially in, um, out of the shadows where I'm like, yeah. there was still more there. I wanted to explore why I sobbed. <laughs> I, sobbed. I know I was, it was, it was heartbreaking to lose him after it was like, we kind we, I, we started digging into him so much more and he definitely like to me, he kind of has that like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi quality is like, mm-hmm. he's very much like a Jedi Jedi. And, you know, he's on the council and like, he's kind of used to doing things a certain way and kind of has this idea of like, what a Jedi should be, which we see from his interactions with some of the other characters that have chosen slightly different paths. You know, it was really interesting to kind of dig into his mindset a little and see that kind of change and evolve as things are rapidly changing on Starlight Beacon. And he's kind of, you know, at the same time (laughs) that the platform is crashing, he's also kind of having this a little bit of a crisis himself. Well, you know, what does it mean to be a Jedi or be a Force user? And what am I without the Force? And that was really interesting (laughs) <laughs> and then he literally goes down which is a very which I mean it's a very heroic like he did that so that others would live a very Jedi you know sacrificing the one to save the many sacrificing himself but you know it's still like oh like I feel like there was a there was a lot could have been a lot more to explore with him mm-hmm. if he had survived in especially after his brush with the like force life sucking entity thing that you know there was there could have been a lot to explore with his character as someone and we might see that with some other characters that (laughs) also now had kind of a brush with that and how they will respond later but you know it could have been really interesting to see see what happened to his viewpoint after having like had that experience I'm just surprised now that like because now you sit back and you think about it and you you're like wow she literally named him like the symbol of like the republic and the jedi and everything it was like right there in front of us and like especially because like starlight is also being destroyed and you think like oh yeah so he's probably gonna go down too (laughs) and so yeah so Marcian Rowe achieving his 
outcome his desired outcome in like more ways than one yeah uh-huh. not, only, not only did he bring down starlight beacon it's like he also killed like the hero of the republic you know i mean isn't that literally what they were calling him like the hero of yeah the yeah and so his name has been like in all the posters and hollow ads or whatever <laughs> um I kind of imagine he's like the template for then to bring it forward to um, mm-hmm. the Clone Wars, you know, how like Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, were kind of like the poster children for <laughs> the Jedi and the Clone Wars. It's like, no, Stellan was the template for that. Like they were yeah. like years before. So I think we will, like you said, we will see from other characters some of that aftermath in a way, because like mm-hmm. you do have those other characters who have to like deal with that, not only that loss, but like even in terms of like the civilians and like what Martian's saying at the end, like they literally lost like their, their not only the Republic symbol, but like the Jedi symbol and like all their strength and everything. It was like all put on his shoulders and I've been worried about him since like that moment, but like it really <laughs> yeah. puts that emphasis on like, wow, this is really, like you said, Martian achieved more of a tragedy than he may have like already intended. He, he realizes right now. I mean, in some ways, he did yes, but like at, at the end of the day, I guess it's even though Starlight Beacon fell, like they were able to save some people, some people, and yeah. so, some people, uh, and you know, so kind of like, well, his, you know, they they averted like true, true catastrophe. I guess you know they they managed not to crash Starlight Beacon into the city Mm -hmm. so like in some in some ways the Jedi were able to subvert this plan but in other ways you know obviously it all it played out you know pretty much like Martian was hoping (laughs) it would and so you know he still got his desired outcome yeah, yeah like, like just sitting about things that we lost Jalen he got Elzar to like kind of crack again <laughs> little progress Elzar made that just like Whoa, yeah we'll we yeah we'll come back to Elzar yeah we'll come back holy to I ooh, yeah I can't wait to talk, talk about that because that I was like reading the book and I was like oh crap like oh, what the- <laughs> <laughs> like making like just speaking out like yelling out loud as I was like reading this book oh shit yeah. um I can't uh, believe you did that because yeah. like even anyway. though this book is like ultimate tragedy that ending it's just like it, it goes like so hard yeah like, everything it's just like here you go because it's like Claudia, last Claudia Gray was not yeah she's like okay what's the way that we can you know really <laughs> like really take this to the max at the very end of the book. And that scene caught me so off guard. Like I did not expect that at all. And I was like, oh. Uh, oh my God. I, I just like this book, <laughs> this book. <laughs> the symbol of the Jedi, their pride, jo- pride and joy under my watch starlight was destroyed. Yeah, like seriously, like he goes through it so much. It's like it gave me like flashbacks to like Rising Storm Stellan because like even in Rising Storm, he's like, "This is my fault. It's my burden." And, like Elzar does that too. Like these poor and <laughs> to like and put it all on their shoulders. It's, it's so sad. It's interesting because in some ways, it's like we have this trio of characters mm-hmm. who are not. They're like they're kind of the main characters, but also not the main <laughs> characters, if that makes sense. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm and but you know, they kind of have these like larger than life presences. And like, so I would I don't know about you, but I would kind of call Belle 
like the main character. <laughs> and honestly, Bell kind of feels like he's kind of like our P, even though the POV switches yeah. in all of these books, Bell kind of feels like our main like POV mm-hmm. Jedi. Like the the three adult books, like he is intimately involved in everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, it so in some ways I kind of see him as like the the main character because <laughs> he he goes through so much in these books and he is involved in kind of all of these mm-hmm. great three tragedies that happen. And so Elzar, Stellan, and Av are are kind of, even though they are characters and and points of view in the book, they also kind of just also have this more kind of like larger than life presence. Yeah. But it's interesting that you bring up Stellan kind of thinking about like, oh, this is my fault. You know, I should have known or should have realized. That's really interesting to think about from like a Jedi point of view, because I think the Jedi would say like, it's not like one person's fault. Mm -hmm. Like did not see this coming, but it's interesting that even like Stellan as kind of, you know, this council member, but he still, he still kind of falls into that mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Um, something that also kind of like separates them in that way is you not only have Elzar having a dream, but Stellan also gets like a dream in this, mm-hmm. which like leads to tragedy. So you have like Elzar getting the the Valo thing, and then you get Stellan having the Starlight thing. Like you get those points of which the characters are like foreseeing the tragedy that is yet to come. And I'm like, Avar, it's your turn now. <laughs> it's your turn now. No, yeah. sorry, like, but like, cause like you said, like they are kind of those the points from which like these other characters are like those protags where they get to be like the 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 ones kind of like similar like the experimental like you get to see oh they see the tragedy they're experimenting with this blah 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 and then the other characters can react to that like you get the poster boy the jedi that like ultimately falls with the other symbol of the hope of the republic you get the elzar who's like getting brushes with the dark and every time he seems to make progress forward he falls back and then i haven't read the comics so I don't I still haven't read the comics so I don't have a ton of context <laughs> to Avar but I'm assuming there's stuff going on with that too and and like you said with Bell too I think another point in the book that like Holmes Ennen is like the fact that he does experience like that loss so like because we get lost in before the end of Rising Storm like there's people who die but yeah. it's like the yeah. first I don't want to first major one in my eyes for like the course of events and uh, because you have the scene with Buriaga where Buriaga lo- loses um Nib and like and mm-hmm. Bell's like I've been through this I know like what it's like yeah. just like t- consoling him because of that loss that he went through so like in that in that protagonist kind of sense he gets to be that character who experienced that like first set off of the tragedy and then gets to like help these other characters through it I don't know how he keeps doing it. <laughs> I honestly, the fact that like Bell is functioning at all. So I, <laughs> I love Bell a lot. He's, I think Bell is probably like the number one favorite High Republic character. The amount of like grief and loss. I mean, obviously all of these characters have experienced grief and loss, but poor Bell. I feel like in in every book has experienced great <laughs> loss and come very close to dying like so yeah. many times. You know, I'm just gonna put this out there as like so we're 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 this is wrapping up you know phase one of the High Republic and apparently for phase two we're going like even 
further, we're like prequeling the High Republic, High Republic <laughs> prequel, and then I guess going to come back to the current, present High Republic era. And so I'm really hoping that when we come back to this, that we'll have like kind of the like fully knighted grown up obviously he's already done a lot of grown up but you know yeah. uh, quote unquote grown yeah. up bell as like our again as kind of like our main pov protagonist and i would love it just throwing this out into the universe you know i would really just love it if like bell were one of the people at the very end to like help you know, bring down Martian bro at the end of the Nile once and for all, because I think at this point, this poor child deserves it. Like he has been through so much. And if they touch Ember, I will be riding in the streets. But like- I have been saying that since like the end of the first first book, yes. (laughs) Anything to the dog, it's over. (laughs) Over, yeah. He has just experienced continual- tragedy and almost lost his own life a couple of times and it's just the fact that he is able to like still function as a jedi and help others and help his fellow jedi and keep going is Mm -hmm. i mean incredible because i would probably just be like curled up on my bed you know (laughs) non-functioning so he (laughs) The elves are seeming to yell a lot, but the second most yelling that occurred was literally when the page was like, Bell felt the most like himself he had in a very long time. Uh, I flipped the page and it's like, <laughs> here comes the deer. I mean, carry it in. And I'm like, oh. And then he's immediately like, well, guess my life is terrible again. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, oh. That was like, evil. How dare they? they? I Seriously, poor Bell. They were like, <laughs> Who is going to suffer the most? And suffer doesn't necessarily mean dying in context. Like, who is emotionally going to suffer the most devastating, you know, like, one-year period of their life? (laughs) Bell. It's hands down, it's Bell. Like, that poor child. Just, they keep putting him through the ringer. Anybody deserves a happy ending, it's Bell. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm begging. Please. Oh my god. So, anyway, for the future. Yeah, I'm like, I'm rereading this page now when he's talking to Briaga and he's like, Loden was not just my my master, but he was like a close friend. And he's like talking about how like the Jedi were telling him it was just grief and just something he had to live with. And then like he's like, no, but it's about learning from it. And then he's talking about how he can learn from it. It's just like, ah, just that whole page. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's true, but it's also like, like, that's a lot. For like a 19 or 20 I mean it's a lot for anyone to go through but especially mm-hmm. at that age you know and seeing like these basically parental figures um, mm-hmm. but I also love that so yeah, the rising storm ends with lone great uh, storm we don't talk oh, about it shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I know the thing we the thing we do the event that we do uh, not talk about yes and so yes. like he experiences this like euphoric like I have him back and then immediately I still can't believe it. they like to do that they did like in this book but that's just oh. modern now like uh, yeah and so <laughs> the fact that that he he is learning from that and using that to strengthen himself super admirable and I love love his his friendship with Murray in oh. this book like their, <laughs> their their partnership and like the way that they like 
banter back and forth in the book like it's really super cute and I'm mm-hmm. Mm, mm, Claudia Gray. <laughs> mm. I'm not convinced Buriaga is dead. Please no. I I'm like, I, I need him to have some some yeah. yeah. So a great a great piece of like hope for Bell because I I love that his you know he's like I'm not gonna rest until I mm. find him because the last time you know I lost someone like this they were you know still alive and so and I think yeah. in this yeah. case. I think in this case he's right. Like I think Burry is still somewhere please, alive. Please, um, <laughs> please, yeah. Um, but because they were just they were so nice together, and it was actually nice to get more of Burry in this book. Mm-hmm. I felt like we hadn't gotten much of. I mean, like he's been obviously in the others, but this felt like a little bit a little bit more. Yeah, because like people just forget that he literally was the first major force that helped save lives in the first book like mm-hmm. Buriaga like yeah. come on MVP where's more <laughs> Buriaga content let it happen like, that's more furry yeah <laughs> but I was glad we did get a lot more in this book than we had previously which is nice I hope I hope you weren't only doing it to make the loss more impactful Claudia I know Claudia Claudia do we need to have words Claudia drop your location <laughs> I just want to talk about furry um <laughs> No, I I'm convinced like 99 percent we'll see him again um I'm clinging on to that hope you know there was no body I mean I guess you could say the same about Stellan but they can very conveniently like <laughs> nobody was really like hey Avar can you find Burry's song in the force like we got that for Stellan but conveniently we did not get it for Burry so mm-hmm. mm, suspicious and just like the maturity level because like he both has the strength to go to want to keep going back and change things and save people's lives but he also has the maturity to be like whoa this situation will only get me and others killed if I keep going like with the leveler and stuff like oh I can't walk down this corridor anymore I'll just probably die and we need to like save as many lives as possible and going back to the ship oh I shouldn't go on board the the crash thing I should have tried to help from outside like he's able to like have that determination to help as much as possible but that like restraint to not just like throw himself into like intimate danger so and and I love that he in this book that Bell really like it got to the point you know and he's he's trying to figure out like what he can do to save the most lives Mm. and he's talking I think it's he's talking to Stellan or Elzar I can't quite remember I feel like it's Stellan but um you know he's like okay I've got this plan and like I think it's gonna work you know and it's like you know and it's basically like Stellan is like no you you know what you need to do like Mm. you have my blessing to do it and I feel like Technically, Bell is still a Padawan. Like he hasn't been knighted <laughs> yet. But that to me felt very much like the kind of like symbolic passing of the no, you have gotten to the point where now you know what steps you need to take. Mm. And like you kind of fully accepted that you are like a, a, a Jedi knight, basically. And it's like you have made that what you, you know, you you've moved from being a Padawan into being like a full-fledged Jedi yeah. Knight. And so to me, even though technically like by title, he's not, <laughs> that felt very much like a kind of like passing of the, you know, 
baton or diploma or whatever you want to say, but like that he had kind of made that, that step from his, his, his Padawan journey into, into being a full Jedi. And so, mm-hmm. um, I'm also hoping that when we see Bell again, you know, <laughs> actually like maybe we'll get confirmation that that's true, but that's, that's kind of what that felt like to me when I did like go on High Republic Twitter really quick when I finished the book today, a lot of <laughs> what I saw was um, people were like trying to focus on how this book does have a lot of those like smaller victor- victories. So like, despite the fact that the book is ultimately um, a tragic event, it does have those smaller victories. Like it is like Stellan seeing that Bell's plan worked or like Bell having that plan work for himself or like just those small moments where it's like, oh yeah, things are going great. So yeah. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, it makes the loss hit harder, but at the same time it makes it, 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 it gives the book a li- like even the little slightest bit of levity where I'm like, okay. But then it also makes like when he wants to go back, I'm like, no, you are safe. Stay where you are. Yeah. <laughs> not get hurt. I will Do not get hurt. Be- you were so I safe. Don't yeah. go back. <laughs> Don't get hurt. Don't die. Don't die. Oh my god! If we get to phase three and Bell dies, I'm just gonna be puzzled. I, I, that, that, that just seems like such an impossibility. Now I don't. I mean, I hope it. I hope it. I'd like happen. to believe they wouldn't do that. I'd like to believe. Yeah. He's like the god. I won't cry. I will cry just once. No, I will cry because then I only have one left, and the only one I have, like, then my three favorite characters, the only one I have left is definitely going to go through some major crap. So <laughs> <laughs> they're all going through it. Uh, Loden, Bell, and Vernesta. Worst, worst favorite character picks ever. Worst. Oh did, my gosh, Allie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I kind of screwed myself. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny. I've, you know, seen some people's, you know, lists of, this is a tangent, um, you know, on Twitter, like, who are your, you know, like five top, you know, High Republic characters. And you're like, dead, dead, you know, dead, dead, dead. dead. Uh, like, who did you read the latest book? There was one list. I was like, ooh, ouch. Like, this is really going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when Leox's death happened, I was like, oh God, hope. No wonder she's like crushed. She probably hated that so much. And then I got to in the book. I'm like, thank God. Because we both just I lost was... Loden too. And I was like, she can't handle it. She can't. All yeah. her favorites are dying. Uh, <laughs> I was very, I was very glad Leox survived. It, to me, gosh, now it's on the tip of like my tongue. I feel like this is very similar to something else I've read where it's like a presumed character death and it's like then it's like no this person is too like they've got too much ingenuity to be killed in this fashion so ta-da they're alive or you know whatever but I was like oh god thank you (laughs) I I loved having the vessel crew back um and it was you know I love geode I love Geode like he's <laughs> I love him so much and so it was nice to have that whole that whole group back and then seeing him take that risk and you know Appy and Geode are they're doing their thing and they're kind of having to accept the fact that like he's made this decision and they have to um, accept that and you know accomplish what they need to accomplish one last thing I have to cry about (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I had a I, I, I had a feeling because Claudia was writing this some of those characters would be in this book, but yeah. I like think you said at the beginning, I miss Wreath. I'm like, where's Yeah, Wreath? I did miss I did miss Wreath. I didn't expect um I I guess I didn't expect Affy and Geode and Leox to be as prominent as they were. Yeah. Um, but they they got they we got a lot of kind of like I would know would call it like equal screen time with the, the Jedi characters. Um mm-hmm. and it was definitely nice to have them back. And I don't know why I was surprised, but I was like, oh yeah, that's right. These were in Claudia's other books. So of course that it makes sense that she brings a lot of these characters back together. Um, <laughs> and we also got uh Nan who you know, we were also introduced to you. In- oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> For some reason, my brain thinks she, like, came before that book. I don't know. She just seems know, like she's she, everywhere. She is everywhere. I mean, Dan <laughs> is really, she's also, like, she's, she's bouncing like, all over there. the place. Yeah, um, so. That was the thing for me too. Like when I was reading, I'm like, oh wait, she's back! Wow, she's like all these books. <laughs> I she also was very prominently in the last one too. I was like, wow. Okay. I also think she has been in the comics. Probably. Like, uh, the High Re- I think. I think in the High Republic Adventure comics. I think. Don't. I'm behind <laughs> on my comic reading. I was trying to catch up in preparation for this podcast because I was like, oh, I should know what else is going on maybe yeah exactly where everything else is spoiler alert i did not catch up. yeah well um, me neither so books, it's yes the comics no um i'm close but i'm not there yet so <laughs> um so i feel like nan has really gotten around um she's made her way you know in many in several of these higher republic books and i think yeah. she showed up in the adventure comics i think that's the one the like the big reason I wanted Reese in this book, honestly, because like we got so little Reese and non in um out of the shadows. And I'm like, yes, a chance to get more. Let's go. Yeah. And then he wasn't yeah. there. And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> but at least we got Appy and Nan who were kind of like and I mean, I yes, but <laughs> it was a, it was amusing to me that Nan is like, oh, I really hate this chick. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Appy's just kind of like, I'm just trying to survive. Like <laughs> it's like it almost feels like it's a very one-sided like hate hate relationship but it's really just one-sided like it's really nan is you know (laughs) holding more of a grudge than yeah i i know the high republic authors don't listen to my podcast but so when i talked about light the jedi i called like i i don't want to flip-flop the names again i called kevin kyle for some really weird reason and I don't know I think I probably wrote it down wrong so when Naughton was calling um Affy Addy I was like is this their way of calling me out that I can't get names right sorry (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm hurt because I just can't get the names right it's fine like that's so funny yeah but the name mix up was oh that was great maybe they're just making fun of all of us who can't remember all of us who can't remember exactly people arguing about you know pronunciation and stuff. oh yeah the pronunciation too holy cow <laughs> that's why i was like nan non not i don't know so i really that's my only my only continuing quibble with the high republic is i really wish they would give us a freaking cast of characters either in the front or the back of the book like please just give me a list of names like i don't need a biography just like 
tell me who the hell is in the book so I can at least refer to that and be like okay yes like and I the pronunciation so like can we have the pronunciations yeah. please because like because I remember when I asked like apparently even in the audiobooks they like pronounce it different every time and I'm like yeah. come on yeah. can we just pick a pronunciation so at least <laughs> those of us who are podcasting can like pronounce just that one way that one time and not have to worry about it like that because I don't listen to the audiobooks, but I have a feeling I would I would make it a running gag if I did that I pronounce it the way the the book would yeah, every time. Yeah, so my it's pronunciation would just change every time. <laughs> I haven't listened to the audiobooks early either. I've only listened to the the one audio mm-hmm. drama so far. So. Same. <laughs> kind of regret kind of regretting that because like I need to hear more of Martian's voice. <laughs> <laughs> That was such a surprise when I listened to Tempest Runner. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> um, any other thoughts about Belle before we get back into talking about someone else? I think I think we can move on. I think we've said my piece. I got emotional enough about Belle. So <laughs> okay, let me just quickly look for my pages. Can't miss any of those sweet quotes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and it's just like Okay, actually, let's. This is a good transition point for because, like, I know we're gonna probably talk a lot more about Stella and Elzar. So, so there's like parts of the book where because Bell does get like separated from the station, so he really does get to experience the difference in connection to the force, like with especially even how the leveler impacts like people like Indira and noticing the change that's there, and also just the shift away from the station. So let's let's talk about our good, our best friend. Le- <laughs> murdering all our friends along the way yay, yay! so fun yeah. <laughs> oh my god um wait let me actually find that page where Stellan brushes with it because that is a that is a page that yeah exists. I I had been hoping before this book came out that we would get a little bit more insight or knowledge up to like what is actually happening and so I guess the book paid off in that way I got my <laughs> wish <laughs> <laughs> nervous laughter and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this uh-huh. is fine everything's fine oh here we go I found it I don't know why I didn't put this in my stolen folder I'm mad <laughs> color died first one moment Stellan could see despite the dim emergency lighting any number of colors the red flare of warning lights on every electronic surface the white and gold of his robes the blue blade um and Kulian's of his lightsaber then the chill took him every shade and huge rain from existence leaving him in a reality that seemed to be made of nothing but shadows it's coming he thought and though he, he could have said not what nor how he knew fear came next pure biological fear the reflexes of the animal self that least obeyed jedi teaching his heart rate sped his blood pressure intensified until his temples throbbed sweat went clammy on his skin if Stellan had actually been afraid of something specific anything he could have talked himself down from it but this was a different category of fear settling around him like a like a cold wet cloak it was tangible even palpable he could no more have exorcised it um, from his thoughts than he could have um wished a sun from its sky (laughs) i know yeah that that whole passage was super super intense and I love how she wrote that passage because with the other the other Jedi that experienced this like 
we didn't kind of get that firsthand knowledge. And so then hearing it from Stellan, who's kind of this like very steady, you know, <laughs> I imagine him, you know, kind of to be like rock like, very steady in the force. Um, you know, hearing hearing that, it's like, what the, you know, like, what is yeah. this thing? And like that, just that uncertainty it creates, not just through like a feeling of fear, but just like the situation, like you're hyper focused, but yet so in the clouds of things in that like intensified state where yeah. you're like, you can notice all these little things, but you're also, your heart rate's increasing. You're put in this place of fear. So it kind of like, it makes you very aware, but at the same time, very um, overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> so it, overwhelmed. It's like, that's just and you can't do anything. It's like, yeah. it's very much, you know, kind of like the predator prey, like in this case, the Jedi are the prey and they're totally like caught um, and they can't, they can't escape. And mm-hmm yeah full yeah fully aware until at least they're so completely overwhelmed but yeah yeah because it's like because it is like losing that connection to like the force in that way so I guess it's like taking that awareness heightening it grabbing onto it and then pulling it like from their pulling it from their body I know that's not yeah I mean but it's like literally like not only and it's this is what's what's interest kind of interesting to me about the leveler is that like it seems at least the way I kind of interpret this and I could be wrong um (laughs) is that it's like literally like sucking the force out of Mm -hmm. their bodies but because they're with the Jedi because they're more attuned with the force or you know just kind of their life is so interwoven Mm -hmm. with the force that by because we know thanks to midi-chlorians the prequel trilogy yeah thanks prequel trilogy that that everything you know everything is imbued with the force all living things yeah are imbued with the force but this this leveler doesn't seem to affect regular Mm -hmm. people it only affects people like force users people who are able to manipulate the force in some way Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's sucking because the force is so entwined with them and it's like sucking the force it's literally Mm -hmm. then just sucking their life out because it's so entwined with who they are and then you're left with like these you know like papery Mm -hmm cocoony mummy things that you know crumple to dust and it's just mm-hmm. like oh it's so creepy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess on the te- on the technical count it could be either it could be like two things it could be like the technical count of higher metachlorine count but also like that closer um I guess like relationship with the force in that way where like they do like re- like the Jedi like they rely on it it's like this tool and this reliance they have upon it in- compared to like normal people yeah. um so really aware and, yeah you know, yeah like like similar to like because like i gotta bring mandalorians into things too like with like because like if you're a more normal person and you're like starting to connect to it like we got to be connecting with the dark saber like you can call upon that more so um and, and and a scene that makes me really think about this is like because when he's talking to elzar and he's like elzar is this how you feel because like it kind of limits his like limits and or cuts off his connection to the force and he's like this is how you've been distancing yourself from the force because they're like kind of connecting over that because so so it makes me think about like how much elzar would be impacted versus him just because of how that there is that disconnect for elzar because how he has been um cutting himself off from the force more so but at that point so i think it's interesting super interesting to think about and it leads me to wonder like, is it possible that we may see 
the Jedi, now that they have a little bit more information and experience, because both, you know, we have, I guess, three three Jedi remaining, Indira, uh, Bell, and Elzar, that have all had kind of like a brush with yeah. the leveler. Yeah. Um, and so, so like now, theoretically, the Jedi will have a little bit more information. And so what I'm really curious is about is because Elzar was seemingly less affected due to the fact that he was kind of intentionally cutting himself off from the force I wonder if we will kind of see like other Jedi like maybe purposefully figuring Mm -hmm. out how to disconnect from the force Mm -hmm. as the way to stay safe or to (laughs) like protect themselves so I'm really curious to see where this ends up going and how it ends up affecting the Jedi and kind of um their relationship with the force Mm -hmm. and I'll be really curious whenever we get to see because I'm assuming it will happen maybe (laughs) that we will probably that Avar will have an encounter with the leveler at some point and so I'm very curious to see how she reacts to that versus Stellan and Elzar who hasn't really quite had the full experience because he's already partially cutting himself off from the force but did have a brush with it and you know could feel it and yeah it's just so interesting because so often you have quotes from the jedi like the force will be my guide or like like i can rely i can trust in the force like you get quotes like that and i think it's so interesting that like you brought up how they are going to probably have to disconnect more so like you're losing that thing you're relying on and that's Mm -hmm. guiding you um so that'll be that'll just be interesting where and that's like gets to the like experimental side of things because like we've had brushes with that experiment experimental um side of things um like throughout this but like now that they can't even rely on the force I think that'll really push them to and into unknown territory in that way yeah well and it's interesting that we're talking about that this now because then again with Stellan who was kind of having this crisis of faith about Mm -hmm. you know not like what am I without the force like Mm -hmm. I've had I've been a Jedi my whole life and being a Jedi is you know completely intertwined with the ability to use the force and like if I don't have the force what am I and so it will be really interesting if even though now Stellan has died um if that if that if that kind of theme like comes back like what are possibly you know like what are the jedi if they can't use the force and Mm -hmm. um and um (laughs) and so so it'll be it'll be curious to see if that comes back into play again later yeah (laughs) but I was really I've been hoping that we would kind of learn a little bit more about the leveler and we did now I want to learn even more but maybe not like this not like yeah no no not like this terrible (laughs) keep it far away from the Jedi for now yeah yeah. (laughs) of course Martian is like you know he had to sacrifice I don't know if he said how many I feel like he did one or two or something maybe just one um but you know that he would be able to get more and I'm like where why where are they coming from where are they getting mm-hmm. 
I'll be really interested to see if they like when in the next phase if we find out where this came from maybe like if they've mm-hmm. ever like in the in the archives you know if there's ever been a record of something like this being encountered before I mean because it certainly seems like the present day Jedi obviously not but um would be very very curious you know I just you know the, I think it's like the biologist part of me it's like what is this kind of like weird creepy thing like what is it doing where did it come from <laughs> and you know we've we've you know in the in the legends canon obviously obviously there's like creatures that can you know cut off a force user's ability to to use the force so you know it's like what what is it where did it come from Martian just seems like one of those characters where it's going to be like one of those things where it, it has its because like what I didn't record this wasn't recorded so like as I'm curious if um if it's just like you being used to like kill the Jedi or if there's like another mm-hmm. purpose it's going to have so I'm like I'm like is it if there is another purpose would Martian be aware of it or not or is this thing like you yeah to, like all life force and the like the more powerful it becomes like can it latch on the normal people or something mm, like, yeah kind of like once you start feeding it does it ever stop growing yeah that's interesting you say, like it's yeah. hungry or whatever like it's hungry it wants yeah it's food <laughs> yeah i mean it it, at least it seems like it they can die because he mentions at the end of the book that you know like he had to sacrifice one yeah on starlight beacon you know and but yeah so you know they they definitely it's some kind of tangible living thing um but yeah how how stoppable it will be and then it presents an interesting like so the jedi who are generally you know the powerful one you know Mm -hmm. they use the force they have lightsabers you know they're the heroes that come in and save the day but with with something like this like they actually can't save Mm -hmm. the day so it's like we're going to see i think or you know, I would uh, guess that we will see at some point, you know, the Jedi are going to have to ask for help in figuring out what this is yeah. and how to stop it. And like, this is one case where having the force is not a benefit and they will have to, I wouldn't say like humble themselves, but a little <laughs> bit because you know there's kind of like you know the jedi are kind of not that they put themselves on the pedestal but you know they they kind of are on a pedestal and so they will have to have you know the normies the regular people will (laughs) have to be the ones that actually in the end like help them with this particular threat because they are completely ineffective against something like this so yeah it really gets into that whole idea of like we're all the republic where that's really gonna be it like they're all they're mm-hmm. gonna really have to use everyone to come, come against the threat and you've like yes, start yeah. to see that more in this book and because like how the shadows just kind of like the preview to that where you do get to see like a, a protag that's not a jedi and then you're here you get it more in this book where they are like relying on the um the non-jedi characters more to like work through the problems so yeah and help it. them <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i think you hit it on the head is that we will actually see like the we are all the republic that will come into like kind of like the full context and and, um and you know we'll see everybody you know from all all 
over the galaxy, all walks of life will actually have to come together to defeat the Nile and like really be like, yes, we are, we are one Republic. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about our boy Elzar, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have not, we have not touched on Elzar yet and who he, I mean, all these characters are going through it, but <laughs> he, you know, he kind of starts the book and he, is in, I mean, like what? He's in an he's in an okay place. Like he's not great. He's not at a hundred percent, but he's starting to feel better about what happened before and kind of like his brush with the dark side and tapping into his anger and using that. And, you know, he's feeling, you know, that he's maybe starting to reach more of an equilibrium, you know, with his his again with the relate his relationship with the force and by the end of the book i mean i don't know if if we can really say that he he's not really i don't think he was really drawing on the dark side so much there in fact he's he's not but it's just like the way that he reacted Mm -hmm. was so you know i i feel like the jedi are usually and I mean, I think this is pretty much what they say too, is like the lightsaber is kind of like the last resort, right? Yeah. Like you, that's that, you, you know, they don't go in with lightsabers first. It's, you know, words and diplomacy and negotiation. And then when that fails, you know, then you, you get your weapon and he <laughs> one eighty that and, you know, left in lightsaber first and actually made a problem worse. Like maybe things would have gone completely differently <laughs> Maybe not completely. Stellan would be alive, like, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know, Stellan would probably be alive if he hadn't done that. And so yeah. now he's going to have this guilt associated with the fact that by acting rashly and doing what he thought was was a a, a good action mm. has now actually like killed one of his very good or resulted in the death of one yeah, of his. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Elzar is not the one that killed Stella. Well, in his phrasing, he pretty much accuses him of killing him. So yes. that's, that's how yeah. Elzar is it. <laughs> but I like what you brought up about how, like, it wasn't particularly him, like, calling on the dark side or something like that. Because, like, in that moment, it wasn't like, oh, they caused all the lost wife to kill them. It was more so, like, they could cause more loss because all this loss already happened. So I have to prevent that from happening. Yeah. So I think like yeah. that way of like looking at it does make it seem more like it came less from a revenge place and more from a, to prevent more loss from occurring. So like, yeah. And I, that's I, what I, makes it so great. Yeah. Because it's like, he was trying to do something good. And like, this is where this, this is what I love. It's like when characters are trying to do I mean, it can also be frustrating, but it's like they're trying to do something good or what they think is right. And then it ends up being like, what is the completely wrong thing to do in that situation? And they actually end up hurting themselves and or making the situation worse because of it. And it's just like when he when he's trying, you know, trying his darndest to help save the station and. I mean, we mentioned this earlier, but like, I was literally like, I I started, I was like, <gasps> I just, I can't believe that that happened because, you know, it was, a, you know, kind of like a more morally ambiguous character, but 
she was actually trying to do, you know, yeah. trying to save <laughs> and, I mean, motivated by also saving herself yeah, primarily, but, still, but still, like, but still, you know, she was doing something good mm-hmm. and he <laughs> slices her in half. I, like, I think the last thing she either externally or internally says, and I think it's externally, but she's like, okay, now time to, to, to save us all. Like, she doesn't just say, like, save us or, it's, yeah. it's, like, she doesn't, like, say it as flippantly as she does before. She's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. we gotta save us all. That's what we have to yeah. do right now. So, okay, I'm gonna read, <laughs> uh, like, oh. I'm gonna read, uh, not the, the one where he's already done the action. So, Non says to Elzar, you killed the station's last chance. You killed us all. Seconds before Elzar Man had been a Jedi, a hero, a man on a mission to save lives. Now he stood there, a murderer. All the work he had done with Orla, all his good intentions, all of his progress, he'd arrogantly believed he'd made. Every bit of it had sparked into a spark of rage. That was all it it had taken to tear Elzar Man down. I guess from that quote, you do get a little bit of sense like, yes, there was some anger there. Not necessarily that he was using that to draw from the force, but I think kind of more of that like righteous, like I'm here to set things right. And these are people that are trying to hurt other people and, and kill, you know, damage the station or they've already damaged the station. And Mm so, um, but yes, yeah, like he phrases a- all his progress, like coming to be a spark to do this action, as if like everything he was working towards, like so he kind of feels like even when he works on things and he makes progress, it ultimately will lead him down this kind of path again, which ugh, tragic. That's just yeah, yeah. But and it's like and it's like it's really it's not like if it had been maybe any other situation except for the fact that like the platform that they are on is literally crashing into a planet being dragged into an orbital decay and crash in the planet you know it's like he probably would have reacted differently you know if it had been a different a different situation and now now he's got this um yeah gonna carry the carry this guilt with him forever and that's gonna color and i mean it'd be really it's gonna be very curious to see how he and avar move on from this because you know they kind of refer to their trios like you know they're a constellation mm-hmm. um stellan was himself again the pole star the only light elzar had to steer by the only light elzar the only had light. to steer by yeah that's not Which, good. No, yeah. It's a little bit like, well, dude, you can't just put that on your friend. It's some personal responsibility. But at the same time, yeah, it's <sighs> he's gonna carry this like ongoing guilt into every like this is gonna color everything else that he does going forward. So it'll be very curious to see how his relationship, like it's it's clear that that Elzar, you know, he loves Avar. Yes. you know in, and we could you know that could be there are multiple you know they're different kinds of love and i would yeah, say he loves right. her across a, a broad spectrum of of those you know i'm very curious to see where the two of them like how their relationship will evolve and change now based on on what's happened because even avar and stellan and, the, and i mean they they mention it in here but i think it's more prominent in the high republic comics or there's a little bit more of it in the high republic comments about how stellan and avar are kind of 
like butting heads a little bit, you know, like what they should do about the, the Nihil and the Drengear and, you know, how, how she's handled that a little bit. And, and I mean, they, he does, Stellan does talk about, uh, talk about it in the book. And so, you know, like they've kind of been at loggerheads at odds mm-hmm. too. And so, you know, I could imagine there will be both, both Elzar and Avar will kind of have some, some guilt and regret moving forward now that they've lost Stellan mm-hmm. because they were they had both kind of had their their arguments with him and they didn't get to resolve those in any way to add on to that and Vernesta was actually the last time we saw Vernesta with him like Vernesta wasn't only like having arguments but she was also withholding information continuously from yeah. him so yeah. she's gonna have to like other that too and uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially because he's her former master so like exactly. they're even even though she's a even though she's a knight now and has mm-hmm. her own padawan like there's still obviously you know um, she had a great deal of respect um and you know caring for him and so this will this will definitely have ripples i mean what's what's interesting is that it kind of like there's a lot of of unfinished business these characters have with each other and it you know it kind of really hits home that point that like you don't know what's going to happen on any given day I mean it's especially you know obviously this is a fictional con you know context and they're in the middle of the fight with the Nihil but like there's a lot of like Stellan and Orla leave things unfinished oh yeah that too yes yes Stellan and Elzar and Stellan it all seems to kind of come back to Stellan Stellan. but like (laughs) one character that you know a lot of other characters had a relationship with or you know interacted on some level and so there's a lot of kind of like unfinished conversations or you know relationships that you know now now will remain unfinished because Uh, he died I think like the high republic is always done a lot of that because like even from like a test of courage we have that with honesty and his father like they like to hammer that in of like the like what ifs like with all this like tragedy it has an extra layer of like not only is this tragedy really there's our relationships are like yeah 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 that really hurt uh that (laughs) i remember reading that book and i was like oh oh oh, poor child yeah Yeah. um And in, in terms of Elzar, again, like, I just feel like he can't, he he just, on his own, and just even up to this point, he just feels like he can't even rely on his, himself just, like, at all. Because, yeah. like, from this passage, he's like, you would be proud of this, like, referring to Stellan, even without Starlight, the Jedi have much to give to the galaxy. I will learn how to give the best of myself, how to constrain the worst part of myself. My actions deprived the galaxy of one of its greatest Jedi. So it's like... he's reflecting on himself but it's a lot of it's coming from that place of like how Stellan would view him and his path with Stellan and his path with others he's like he needs to focus on himself just just a bit like I know this is self like the Jedi are against that in a way so well they're against relationships too they're kind of like double they they don't want attachments but they also don't want self-ishness so it's kind of yeah he's in a hard place with that (laughs) yeah he um 
Yeah, I mean, the, the sentence, like, I deprived the galaxy of the greatest, like, he's yeah. taking all of that on himself. And, exactly. like, we, as the audience for these books, like, we know that that is not really the case. Like, there was way more at play here than just Elzar. I mean, yes, Elzar did kill, like, an unarmed woman who had actually <laughs> been trying to save the station. Yeah. But, like, that was not what you know that's not like the one thing like there was already all of these other dominoes that were falling and but of course but of course that you know elzar is feeling like it's all down to just what he did um Mm -hmm. so and he probably like calls it back to his like worst actions like i think about that i i read this when i talked about the rising storm with meg like that there's that one passage with Elzar in the rising storm when he's just like tearing down Nile and like going on this rampage mm-hmm. like it, it's a very yeah. like cuts to the core passage and it's like I feel like he probably like even though like like again even though he probably had the best of intentions in that instance he probably just like will call back to how he probably just thinks like oh it's probably just like that like he like again like layering that blame onto himself and like taking things the worst (laughs) as the worst that they are which is like like it's shown in this passage where even though he's trying to be optimistic he's still blaming himself so yeah not not good not good (laughs) yeah not great well and I've I've seen a lot of people compare Elzar to Anakin Anakin, yeah and that that's a very popular parallel and but you know at least at this point and I I feel like maybe we even talked about it a little bit when I was last on the podcast that mm. you know the the high republic jedi have kind of a more i don't want to say gray because not like gray <laughs> jedi which aren't a thing um but like they it's not kind of like oh the dark side like yeah you, you know you're an inherently bad person you touch mm. the dark side it's like there's there's like this active like okay you did this we need to work on like getting you back on the right path. And by the prequels, like it's very much like a kind of like more black or white, like, Oh, you know, you touch the dark side, like you're evil, you know, cast you out of the family kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, you know, of course then the whole, and any, but you know, I mean, (laughs) Elzar does way more to recognize his own actions than Anakin ever did. Um, (laughs) At least until the end. So, so it's already a little bit better, but it, it feels, I, I will be curious now. I said this like same phrase 18 times, but when, when we come back to Elzar eventually, like, will he still be successful in, in trying to like restore his balance? Or are we going to kind of see this like slippery slope and is he, is is he kind of going to fall Mm-hmm. you know little by little like with this guilt eating at him which mm-hmm. I feel like he's gonna internalize a lot so like is that internal guilt over what happened like is that gonna be what kind of sends him on like a spiral to the dark side potentially could be yeah that and like kind of similar to like what I was talking about earlier like throwing himself into the needs of others in that way mm-hmm. where yeah. he he just he won't get what he got with like orla in the beginning of the book he's i don't think he's gonna get to that point again because he's gonna be no. so focused on doing everything he can for everyone else that he yeah, won't, to kind of he like just won't have any time it. for himself so yeah 
yeah yeah now i'm imagining like some scenario where he's like very slight you know like sliding into the dark side and we'll get kind of like elzar versus avar and they might have like you know oh my god like, evil face off <laughs> i'm thinking like anakin padme or anakin, yeah. uh, obi-wan you know something you know to really hurt us you know just that much more I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, obviously, he's always been an interesting character from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. be yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like Elzar. Like he, he kind of <laughs> starts as like the playboy, and you're like, there's not really very much, and then he gets, he becomes mm-hmm. much, he becomes interesting very quickly. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. All, the, all these ahead of time releases i feel weird with the theorizing because like we haven't read it but other people have but so oh so yeah like, no i yeah i can't i can't theorize about <laughs> no because like we see vernesta and emory on the cover but i want to see vernesta interact with elzar i want to see it like i know he's probably that Nox. would he's be like, yeah vernesta vernesta interacting with elzar would be i feel like she would feel very out of her depth because she still has i mean she's very young you know to be a jedi knight and so i think i mean the last time we saw her she's kind of starting to her eyes i guess are starting to be a little bit opened it's like no the jedi are not perfect um and the system is not perfect Mm. um and so you know she's kind of starting to see like the the naivete is kind of falling away and she's becoming a little bit more like aware of no this is actually like what real life or the real galaxy you know is like but i think i think elzar as a jedi would be extremely especially because stellan was her master i feel (laughs) i feel like she would be she and el like they have very different views on you know like being a jedi and you know kind of the way they go about things um but it would be fun it would be fun to see them interact yes yes i i want it but i know it's because elzar's only really been in these adult novels so i just doubt it's gonna happen but i like I can yeah know, yeah like. <laughs> so obviously the nile are achieving a lot in this book but i thought it was really interesting that you had like two individuals who obviously weren't like martian stands well i guess nian is kind of like a martian stand still but like for the most part in this book they're kind of on their own so like they immediately like when they ate in that plan they're like they immediately are like what we didn't sign up to die yeah (laughs) (laughs) hello and it's not the plan for us yeah what makes me really think of that is like nian literally says like by the end of the book she's like I don't want to die for the Nile. I want to live for the Nile, which I, I, was, I was surprised it took so long in the book before we got that quote for her. Cause I, I really <laughs> felt that was the thing she felt before then, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nan, Nan is, Nan is interesting because it's like, I feel like there are opportunities where she could definitely, if she, if she really wanted to like break away from the nihole she could but yet she continually continually goes back to them yeah like the end of the book i'm like dang it (laughs) i know i was like nan on the other hand i i kind of like it because i i have a feeling that with some of these characters like with reef and affy especially kind of on the good side and on the bad (laughs) side that you know we'll see them kind of keep going toe to toe 
against each other. And that definitely has the potential. Like I'm assuming there might be some kind of time jump when we come back. Probably. This. <laughs> yeah. So again, that like these, these kind of kid protagonists will have grown up a little bit more and, you know, so we'll kind of see, see, you know, how that, how that plays out as they, as they become kind of more adults and, um, grown up and have these you know more responsibilities yeah it's more and... nan and reef please <laughs> it's so desperate for yeah nan, I nan and reef would, would be a lot of fun yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's because she does lose chancy at the end so i guess i kind of mm-hmm. get where she's at mentally and mind wise because like even though because like chancy was kind of like that that figure that was like because like even like when we got like Chancy POV, she'd be like, "Wow, Nan's still so loyal to Marcion. She needs to learn mm-hmm. a bit more." Yeah. So that was like the one person there who was like kind of helping keep her away from that more so. Yeah, and now of course now that the, and that because it was the Jedi that killed Chancy, like yeah. that's only going <laughs> to push Nan further, um, further to the Nihil. So. Yeah she might depending on if she makes her way back to Martian row or not i mean i'm assuming at some point that'll they'll you know there'll be another meeting between the two of them but, i don't know how that will go for her but <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it would be kind of interesting if she i don't i don't know i mean i don't really know how it would work but if she kind of became like her own so you know you've got like lorna d who's a tempest runner and you know as kind of like one of the underlings but then it would be interesting if nan kind of like gathered some people together and was like we're nile but not like really Mm -hmm. I don't know, like not obviously like they wouldn't necessarily be taking orders from Marcion, but still kind of like trying to sow, you know, chaos and destruction in the galaxy. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And that's kind of the path I thought she was going down at like Mm -hmm. in this book. And then we got her still standing Marcion in the end. So I was like, oh, I guess you got to work through some more things before that happens. So Yeah. (laughs) Girl, he's not worth it. Uh, he's not worth <laughs> Girl, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, and she definitely also just still has a vendetta against Abby. Like she just wants yeah, Abby dead. Yeah. So that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to turn this into like a shipping thing, but like, and it doesn't have to be, but it like whatever kind of like weird like... triangle between like Reef and Nan and yeah. Abby. Yes. Um, yes. Like, like not even not necessarily romantic, but yeah. like maybe even like the just implied, like because Nan clearly doesn't like Affy, and there's clearly something happening with Reef and Nan, yeah. and then was like, well, no, you're Jedi and you're Nile, so like this, you know, like ah, uh, no, you know, put the kibosh on that, but yeah, oh, so I want them to be like come adults and then be like, okay, so like, <laughs> yeah. She can't play off that child demeanor much longer. She's going to grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not for very much longer. No. Not for very much longer. I'm curious to see how much that time jump will be, though. I want to know. Yeah. Please. Me too. Any other thoughts about the Nile in this book? They were, su- I mean, it was surprisingly subdued compared to what we've seen before, but that was kind of like Martian, you know, had his 
very, very exact, very intense plan. Yeah. I have to say I was a little bit surprised at the end when he ended up revealing himself yeah. and like uh-huh. podcasting, you know, his, <laughs> his identity basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, I did, I, you know, I can honestly say I did not really see that coming and it, it yeah. caught me off guard a little bit that he actually is now at the point where he's like, no, like they need to know it was me. And, mm. you know, I'm, I want everyone to know like who it was that did this. Whereas before, you know, they were kind of operating, um, or, you know, he was kind of keeping himself, himself out of it. And now he's, he's definitely more like, no, I want them to know that it was me. So yeah. that did surprise me a little mm. bit. I also am the, his whole point, And I mean, I can see where this is coming from now you know having listened to the tempest runner audio drama and happened in the rising storm with lorna d um but now he's got all these like droids um Mm. and i'm kind of imagining them as some cross between like battle droids and the uh, the whatever they're called in the mandalorian (laughs) the whatever those droids are called that Moff Gideon has, you know, and so I imagine them kind of like that. And that's kind of like, the, it's a very kind of interesting through line to the prequels and then, you know, kind of post return of the Jedi of having, you know, this droid, droid army. Yeah. So, so that was a little bit, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> that's very interesting. That, that I guess also like it's, he was to come out of the shadows like that is the time to do it I guess it's like the time of the most chaos I assume like not even just for his own like take credit for it but also just for his own place and obviously they want to go after but we saw what happened I bet Avar is not going to be as willing to do that now because of what happened here so yeah they'll have to be a little bit more cautious about Mm -hmm. what they decide to do yeah yeah I'll be curious to see if the the droid the droid army and the droids in general like start to factor more into his plans like not only in terms of like he's like well this is the crew I can trust <laughs> but in terms of actually like carrying out actions potentially like if he starts focusing on droids more so than people but it seemed like they had kind of come up at least temporarily you know by splitting up um Nile so they can't you know talk to each other and sending people off on various missions and making it so that um you know they couldn't they couldn't really figure out what was going on until it was too late yeah his evil his evil administrator doing their job really well <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's so much you could probably say about Stellan in this book I'm like because you do have him like even he's blaming himself for things because I remember when yeah. like, Elzar's like Buryaga, blah blah blah. He's like, I should have been with Elzar to like be there mm-hmm. and make that sacrifice. So yeah, he's going through it too. Um, it's just like uh, there's so much with him in this book. I'm like, I'm trying to remember all the things. <laughs> um, I think it, like kind of connecting back to what we were discussing with like the leveler stuff. I think it was interesting to not only have him dealing with like the weight of the loss, but on top of that, to be so limited in how he was. Yeah. Um, just cause like we talked about how like the Jedi are on like that pedestal and stuff. And like, that was that exercise. Like he's, he's very prominent in this book in many ways, but he's also not as in the action because of that. Yeah. And yeah. 
I think that puts him in an interesting place, like both in terms of his processing of the situation, as well as like what the citizens can view from that too. Cause yeah, obviously they all know he's kind of like the, the, the marshal at that point. And I think like, even at some point, like they don't even know what happened with the lover lure or something like there's, oh my God, one of the, the, people is like oh i guess the the blast of the explosion took a lot out of stellan or something like they think he's just out of it because of the explosion not out yeah. of it he's like he's seriously out of it so yeah. <laughs> well it's a little bit more than that yeah it it was interesting in this book to see the jedi um protagonists kind of open a uh, open up a little bit more to the non-force users yeah in terms of like okay no we actually need more help there's this weird thing happening you know we're Mm -hmm. we're actually compromised a little bit and it was interesting to see that actually like happen on the pages of the book Mm -hmm. and that they actually acknowledged that because i feel like especially when compared to like say the prequels jedi who knew that like, you know, there was this, this rising up in the dark side and that something was happening, but like kept it completely to themselves, Mm -hmm. um, which then ended up of course, ultimately backfiring and, you know, then the Jedi order was no more. So. And that was something with like Stellan too, where Stellan was like one of the ones who was like, no, we need to keep this like to our trust we can't like share stuff with them and then there's like that scene with like bell and elzar and everything where elzar like they're all like yeah we wanted to share this is the time we wanted to like do this so let's do it and like kind of in that way letting them go in that way because like stellan both did approve some things but he also had that part where he's like wow this is the first thing i'm doing it wasn't just like his connection to the force he's like well this is the first stuff i'm doing like without the approval of the council or whatever like yeah both having to make his own choices as well as let people make those choices both by his approval and on their own um and then like and in taking them in the out in the action then elzar and bell and all those people are able to go off talk to and interact with these citizens and work through those like situations as you said and then you get from like the citizens perspective for the most part like 80 percent of the time they're willing to help <laughs> there's, yeah there's obviously that i mean there's always a few but... <laughs> that are you know jerks about it but yeah uh... <laughs> which that was a short-lived plan that one guy he he tried he tried he tried i tried. <laughs> i'll give him that but... i just that was like that was a really nice, like, Chekhov's gun situation where, like, it came up earlier and and then was put into play at the end. You're like, ha you got... What Here you we go. Mean. Geode in this book. I love Geode in this book. I just love Geode. I love- the Geode in this book. Yeah. He's so... Yeah. Geode. <laughs> I love him so much. Like, I, I loved him from the beginning, but, yes. like, even more so in this book. And, like, just the number of people that are kind of, like, caught off guard by Geo. And then I love the, like, the humor, like, underlying humor about, like, Geo being a huge flirt. And, like, yes. <laughs> the guy's like, he needs to stop flirting with my wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I just, there's something about that that is just so good because I, I feel like it it only really works in like this very, you know, like Star Wars context. Like if you were to see this anywhere else, you'd be like, what the hell? But like it works 
very well in Mm -hmm. in in this in this context and you know you can i i love the kind of like the you know like some people don't know if it's really just a rock or if he is (laughs) actually alive and how you know to see various people that are just kind of like okay yeah geode cool you know and then other people that are like but it's a rock Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah and you kind of like from the out of into the dark into like this book you, like the geo just as a character gets more agency in that way yes, where yeah he does seem to have more of its own like oh now he's off doing flirting stuff now he's yeah. off like saving the day more again like he, he gets that freedom kind of because like into the dark does kind of build to that moment where he like saves the day so now that he's done that he kind of gets to be his own like agency filled character yeah. which is nice <laughs> And I mean, that was, that was one of the parts that I loved about, about that book initially was that, you know, it's, it's kind of played, you know, that nobody, nobody really knows except for Affy and Leos who are, you know, like completely, but like, even, even the older Jedi are kind of like, really? Like, okay, (laughs) well, sure. We'll just go along with it. And then he's the one that ends up saving Reef, you know, at the end. And so I (laughs) just having that kind of like heroic moment for Geode and then having him again in this book, kind of having this like more proactive, heroic. Yeah. I just, I really like Geode. I love Geode. He doesn't say anything, but he's great. (laughs) His actions speak louder than words. He's amazing. I got so, I I knew like, because they established it. There was like a, a slight moment in, that I just forgot that like Geo could be shot and he'd be fine. Like I just there were like slight moments throughout the yeah. You're like, like oh. did they just kill Geo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole like the conversation. You know how Affy is talking about you know like not much can kill him, but gravity yeah. can kill him. And I was like, don't kill Geo. Don't like, kill exactly. <laughs> now i'm worried that that might happen you know in a future book but please um... no 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 geo death no (laughs) that's like my backup character right now i don't i don't know (laughs) any other thoughts about this book gosh i feel like we've covered a lot i did want to say because we haven't really talked about her like we've kind of only talked about her in passing but (laughs) orla's death really yeah that i think that death caught me off guard the most yeah maybe because it felt like very you know it was very it was very sudden and unexpected which of course you know happens in real life but <laughs> it was very much like what the you know like did that just happen and mm-hmm. I, I swear I had to go back and reread and it uh, as I'm very slowly catching up on the comics like she's also been in the comics mm-hmm. and I've gotten to know her a little bit more and now I'm like damn it like <laughs> <laughs> I like I like her and now she's dead um yeah. so that w- that was definitely kind of one of those like I felt not necessarily that it came out of left field because I think everybody is is pretty fair game. Yeah. But it was definitely for me, it was more unexpected because I felt like she was one of those characters that, you know, having kind of been introduced and having a more minor role, I thought mm. that maybe like we would slowly kind of see more of her mm. in the High Republic 
now she's dead. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the one thing I guess I'd say about, and obviously you needed that quick rise in tension and danger. So like, I get why those deaths came in such succession and so quickly, but even in terms of like the characterization, as you said, because like, it is like kind of defined by this books where you have like the trio and mm-hmm. Bell and Loden and like those are like kind of like the five characters that have been like very prominent in these books so far so like I get that in that sense so like what I'm saying is like to like a critical point per se like you do have that that loss in that way where you do have characters who you have in other media including one of Claudia's books like other books like you get those other characters but they like those are the ones that go off in the beginning whereas you get like that obviously a long period before like Stellan dies and stuff like that so yeah like I kept waiting that was kind of the weird thing I'm like I was waiting throughout the book to, for one of the major major in quotes major like they're all major in their own ways yeah but, like, just because I was like okay we've seen all of these deaths from these other characters so like I'm kind of just waiting for the ball to drop or like the bigger one which like just imagine if they pulled something like that with like someone like a Stellan or someone like a Elzar just like I know out of the slap in the face one of those got yeeted in the beginning of the book like that would have that would have been weird and strange that I mean and I mean it to a certain extent like it does kind of reflect the real world and the fact that like sometimes people who don't deserve to die die in very sad tragic ways and I mean yes like the Jedi you know are already kind of at the forefront anyway just because (laughs) of who they are and like their role in the galaxy and so like obviously like sad things can happen at any time you know Mm. you could step off the street and get hit by a car or something and like the you know and so it's like in 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 some ways like i think it reflects the fact that like yes something something tragic can happen to anyone at Mm. any time and like we we aren't necessarily like not everybody gets to have kind of this like grand sacrificial like you know, you you do something to save, you know, a large group of people yeah. or something. Like there are there are things that happen, you know, other things that happen. But it 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 I feel like it kind of hurts in, in Orla's case, at least for yeah. me. Because I mean, and the same goes for Stellan, even though he's kind of more of a quote unquote major character, yeah. is because I felt like Orla's like we were we were getting a little bit more of her too and like having her interact with some more jedi mm-hmm. and like she's actively helping elzar in his kind of like post dark side recovery and so and now she's gone which again for elzar's story will make it more interesting yeah. but it kind of sucks because now we don't get any more of her story and yeah. like and, and her character now so that that was that was kind of like I that was definitely a bummer at least from my but I mean to expect that they were all gonna come out of it was yeah <laughs> yeah I guess I just like, was it was a bit overwhelming to have so many of them just go out that fast I oh like, I know what? and it was like like I feel so bad especially for like the one poor you know Jedi who was like had been working as like a crash master and he decided <laughs> kind of the opposite of reef he was like oh yeah i'm gonna go out to the you know starlight beacon and kind of like broaden my horizons mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> kind of the opposite of reef um yeah when we meet reef and mm-hmm. <laughs> oh 
uh-huh. then he just like very unceremoniously is killed <laughs> and you're just like oh man like that poor that poor man did not deserve that yeah um, but like you said it i like it that you is. brought up it's, like the real world sense of yeah. it where that just that just happens sometimes and it yeah in a way it makes those losses hit even more because it's like what could have been and what yeah. more could we gotten and now they're like, gone now they're gone so yeah, yeah. <laughs> another thing that i've thought about that i don't know if will come in to play but i think could be kind of cool or maybe it would maybe it would not because it would like take away but you know we get in the prequel to bring it back to my favorite uh to bring it back to the prequel <laughs> yeah. trilogy you know at the at the end of revenge of the sith you know yoda reveals that you know qui-gon has been able to like manifest himself in the yeah. force and part of me is wondering if we might see someone like Stellan. Yeah. Now I guess theoretically there's the whole like, oh, they were supposed to have learned it, you know, before they died or whatever. But it's the force. <laughs> like hand wave, hand wave. Like, I don't care about that. Um, yeah. it's fiction. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very curious to see if we might get some hints or, you know, wondering if maybe like Elzar and Avar specifically might be able to somehow connect with Stellan even though he's now one with the force so yeah yeah because the book does end where he's like um Elsa's like he said he like saw us as a constellation and now yeah. it's like an incomplete constellation and then Avar's like no like, he's, he's still, still there us. yeah he's like one with the force right so like mm-hmm. he's still there so like I definitely yeah. think like to that point like that could definitely be a possibility yeah, something that happens <laughs> that that definitely came into my mind as kind of being like well Yes, his physical body has died. He's one with the force. But there is some other ways that we know about, you know, force users being able to be heard again. So, yes. Just just wondering. Maybe. Maybe that might come up. Maybe, yes. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That or they're literally just going to leave it as a tragedy where like you like yeah. we talked about earlier where they have all these unfinished conversations with him and then he's just gone so yeah and i mean i could totally <laughs> see that being the case too because you know to not to not lessen that impact yeah. although i mean i would argue that it doesn't lessen the impact yeah. Yeah. In, in the prequel trilogy <laughs> um or even in the original trilogy because you know when when Obi-Wan is kind of back as the the disembodied voice um, you know <laughs> yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily lessen that tragedy so we'll see yeah we'll yeah see what we'll happens. see we'll see it could go either way the and possibilities honestly, are endless yeah, yeah. <laughs> this book was a lot this is like this already was a lot from the longest podcast just because this book is a lot it's a lot of stuff this, like, yeah I mean and it's it's crazy to think about just how insular this book is but there's still like a ton of action that happens all you know because there's mm-hmm. like various components of the station there were definitely times where I was like wait who's where doing <laughs> what like I mean I, I you know I know the characters but it was like wait were they and now they're okay and even though it is it is a, still a very like insular book as compared to like the rising storm where they're kind of all over Vallow yeah. and there's action happening like up in the you know up in the sky and yeah. down in the main city and um 
so despite this being a more insular book, there's still there's still a lot mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, um, and, and I, way, I honestly um, prefer that because like 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 how we started, like I found it a lot easier to like work through those transitions and stuff. Yes, um, yeah. So I honestly would prefer a more insular story that, for me at least personally, and a more insular story that does focus on the characters a lot and stuff. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's like all where a lot of the action came to. It was just all those characters' internal processing. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, I mean, I think kind of like my my final, I guess, I, that I I did appreciate kind of the the insular nature of this book to kind yeah. of focus and get to know some of these characters that I didn't think we had really known <laughs> quite as well um, yeah. so far, especially like getting a little bit more into Elzar and Stellan. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the deaths were sad and effective at kind of, you know, kind of increasing the, the horrificness of what's happening one. And then also just increasing the tension overall. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, the whole kind of the specter of the leveler and kind of having this like unsettling, um, creeping you know both both you know raptors and and the and the leveler who now i kind of imagine is like an invisible raptor in a way i don't <laughs> i don't know but yeah i i enjoy i enjoyed this book i was a little bit surprised that they actually you know went ahead and and killed stellan i mean maybe not surprised yeah they kind of end the trilogy there needed to kind of be this like punch in the gut but um to really you know to really hit home uh, and hurt us so i maybe surprise isn't the right word but um you know it's it's definitely kind of one of those things where it felt like so close like kind of like the leox situation where like maybe he did survive and you kind of have this like well maybe maybe he did make it like maybe he found a way to to survive and save himself and then and then no he actually he didn't so yeah and everyone's gonna have to deal with it later <laughs> yay so yay. exciting i read this book today that made me very emotional i not only was it like overwhelming but i was also just like because like it is a character that we have gone more attached to and i think it's not only how we've seen them more in the books but i think it has actually become progressively more insular in that way. Cause at least from yeah. my perspective, um, mm-hmm. rising storm was already more insular than like light of the Jedi was. <laughs> so like, yeah. I didn't know these characters that well, even Elzar, like by that light of Jedi, it still mm-hmm. wasn't that. No, well, they weren't so. not very fleshed out. Yeah. yeah. So, so like progressively, like getting more from still in the rising storm and then more in this, like that got me really a lot more attached to him as a character. So made mm-hmm. that ending not fun. <laughs> not fun. No, yeah. <laughs> I did really I mean I I liked this book. I've enjoyed all of the high republic novels. One thing I'm I'm looking forward to finding out is with I think uh Midnight Horizon is mm-hmm. the next YA that comes out um February 1st. 1st. Yeah. So I I will be 
I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of interweaves with what happens in the events of Fallen Star and how those characters react to that event. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we, if it will, if it will be pretty much, you know, on the same timeline or if we (laughs) might actually see some like post, you know, Starlight Beacon falling, if we might get some kind of like post-disaster reactions and reflections like will they will they learn about Stellan dying will we see them react to that in 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 the book so yeah all right anyway thank you so much for coming on again Kat it was super fun even though we had thank some you for having me at all <laughs> I don't know if yeah know uh, <laughs> getting older every day I get older the more I am less able to deal with technology uh, <laughs> But thank you so much for having me again, Allie. This was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed getting to talk about High Republic and have a lot of feels about Belle. And as always, it's wonderful to be on your podcast. So thank you so much for having me back as a repeat guest. I love it. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you and everything you do? Your listeners can find me on Twitter, primarily at Cat Ray. You can follow me on Twitter at Allie underscore M underscore Andrews. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Knights of Ren, on Instagram at Knights underscore of Ren. If you'd like to support in everything that we do, you can do so via Patreon or Kofi. Both of those links are in the episode description. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you all come back next time to listen to us talk more Star Wars. Thank you!